insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier U.S. activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. You don't have to be Jewish to be part of our show. And now, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to the Jewess patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I want to thank you again for tuning in and joining us on our old and our newer uh, stations throughout the country. I'm very excited about this show. We actually have five guests on the show today. So join me quickly in my opening pearls of wisdom because I am Zisil Peril, sweet pearl in Yiddish. Let me tell you about today's show. The theme is passion. Last week, we saw the Oscars and the uh, culmination of award season. And one thing I could tell you, Many people like myself who love the movies and who had a hard time watching a lot of the award shows previous years actually liked the Oscars. It was passionate. People were talking from the heart. And they were real. They were people in their 60s. There were people who were not a size two or four and not blonde hair and blue-eyed from California. And even though the show was from California, we did not have too many political jokes. And it was the face of the world, the face of America, and the face where you live, because we all are living in communities where people look a little different, sound a little different, and... uh have a different background and they brought it all together to live here today. So there was a little bit of hope there, despite the fact of what seems to be a world falling apart. There was really a lot of passion and that passion comes through with all of our guests today. So rather than me talk about them, listen to them and their passion for what they do. And I hope you join me in supporting many of them are small businesses. And if our country is to survive, it's going to be through the success of small business. Joining us now is a friend of mine who created the most unique business that is tied to the Passover holiday. Jews around the world count Omer. And this year it is from April 6th through May 25th. And what we do is actually it's, it's our harvest time and we count the days of harvest leading up to the holiday of Shavuot and the anticipation of the giving of the Torah to the Jewish people. And when there was the main temple in Jerusalem, there were daily, you know, givings of wheat at the temple as a thank you for the harvest. Aviva, tell us about your unique Omer pillowcase. So the Omer pillowcase is the pillowcase you could count on because it will get you from day one to day 49 to Shavuos. And um, it comes with a marker. It's um, 
It's the last place you look before you go to sleep. So every night you will remember because you're going to be staring at your pillowcase every night instead of your regular linen. Um, and then you check off the box um, of that night and you get to night 49 and you make it. Like some people forget to count the Omer and then it's over. They're not allowed to count anymore with a bracha. So, so this is also great for kids because it becomes like a toy to enjoy their religion and to, you know, anticipate because Shavuos is such an exciting kids holiday. So it's one way to get everybody in the family involved in quite, you know, in an inexpensive way. How do people get the uh, pillowcases? So I have a, an email address. You could order Omer pillowcase at gmail.com. I also have an Instagram account. Uh, Omer pillowcase, one word. Um, there's a form on there that you could fill out or you could message me on Instagram. Um, they are $10 and they have this year's Omer calendar on it and it comes with a washable marker because we don't want to get any permanent marker on our linen. Um, they could color it. They could use their own markers, whatever colors they want. And, uh, it becomes like a nice Pesach, uh, art project also. That's great also because this year happens to be Passover. A lot of the days are days we can't draw and color, but during those days that we can, families are looking for activities for the kids. And this is something really a lot of fun. And each child could create their own. And of course they could buy, you know, washable markers, healthy, you know, safe markers and design them as they want. And Uh we should note that it's really good to take note of this because every year the calendar is different. So it's not like you could reuse it year after year. You need a fresh one every year. Right, exactly. Because it gets confusing. Like the first week, oh, we got it. But then in the middle, it starts to, you know, get confusing which night is which. And so this clears everything, makes it all clear. And um Yeah. So I should tell the audience also that uh you're going to be participating regularly with the Jewess Patriot because not only do you come up with this creative idea for Passover, but year-round you have creative pop-ups, you have creative giveaways that we're going to coordinate with you. And you se- you look for the out-of-the-box holiday celebrations people don't think about. So you're going to be back here. Again, it's the counting of the Omer pillowcase, Aviva Greenberg, uh, tell them once again where on Instagram to find you and your email address. So my email is omerpillowcase at gmail.com, O-M-E-R, and then the word pillowcase, no space. Instagram is omerpillowcase, and I actually have a phone number, uh, 419-777-OMER, O-M-E-R, that they could call me and order. Aviva Greenberg, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. You know you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. And you know how I love to bring you the best and most unique from our Jewish culture. And joining us, not only are they the uh, owners and distributors of the most unique wine, but I am one of their favorite customers. (laughs) 
Gershon yeah. and Ellen Blanda are here from Arad Winery to discuss the most unique wines because they are flavors that you don't think about when you think about drinking wine. I don't know which one's my favorite because they're all my favorite. Lychee, passion fruit, mixed berry, double espresso. And not only that, we're going to talk a little bit about cooking with these wines, especially in the spring season. They are kosher for Passover, so you can use them in your recipes. And for our non-Jewish audience, once you try them, you are never going to stop drinking them because we drink them in my house all year round. We can't stock them enough. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Who wants to go first? Well, I just want to introduce us. I'm Ellen. This is Gershon Boatner, and we're the owners of Murad Wine, Wines and Winery in Yoknam, Israel. We live here, but we do manage the um, Yekev for the winery, and we go back and forth quite frequently. And we're very excited to be with you because we're a very unique product. We only make wines from fruit and liqueurs from fruits, but also from, like you mentioned before, the double espresso, that would be from coffee beans from Brazil. So we are very excited to present our product and uh, answer any questions that you have. I think we're the only winery that does not, you know, dominate, you know, have grapes dominate your wines. That's what makes it so unique. How did you get into this, Gershon? Well, it's very interesting because actually, although we are, um, we like wine and we were drinking wine for enjoyment for many years, at one time when I came to Israel, I realized that there is a problem in the family. And the problem was that both my brother and my sister-in-law were not employed. And in the process of traveling, we noticed that there is a small winery that was offering a tasting. We tasted it, and instead of buying a bottle, we bought the winery. And we accomplished two things. We accomplished something that we enjoy, and we accomplished something to provide employment for both my brother and my sister-in-law. And that's incredible, because it's like, you just, I didn't even know that story, and it's beautiful about the values of family and incorporating it into a business and into our customs and culture because so much of the Jewish culture evolves around wine. So we're talking Passover. And one thing I love, I follow you on Instagram. You always have great recipes. And I love to cook. I love to bake with the wines. They just enhance everything, even the simplest dessert macerate fruits and pour a little bit of the berry or the lychee. I mean, it is as good a dessert as any, even better because it's healthier (laughs) in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, you could have every single Murad wine in a course. So tell us what is probably the most requested recipe for one of your wines? I would say in terms of cocktails, probably the lychee martini um, and the passion fruit bellini, because they're simple. All you have to do with the lychee martini is put it in a shaker with some vodka or any other spirit, 
shake it up with some ice, pour it into a beautiful uh, glass. Sorry about that. And uh, then you have a, a lychee martini. The passion fruit is like a Bellini. You just add some either seltzer or some sparkling wine or Prosecco, of course, which is a sparkling wine with um, some ice and a berry, and it is absolutely luscious. The uh, wild berries, you can make a sangria. You can throw anything you want in it and just leave it in a pitcher on the table. And of course, you have the liqueur, the double espresso. You can make a great martini. So that's the con uh, the cocktail part. So I'm going to tell you, you mentioned vodka twice. We have Cinco de Mayo coming up. For all our non-Jewish friends who would join me, my favorite day of the year, I add in tequila, and almost every single tequila is kosher, and there are many that are kosher for Passover. So you could actually make fantastic margaritas using the wines. What about cooking with food? What's your most requested food? So what's so nice about fruit is that you can really match it up if you have spicy dishes, if you have savory, if you have sweet You just have to be a little creative and see what tastes well together. I'll give you an idea that I, with fish, I will use my passion fruit and lychee to caramelize the fish in a uh, a pan. Um, With my brisket, I'll pour the wild berries in. It's absolutely luscious because it has the tannins of the skin of the wild berries, and it gives it a wonderful tangy taste. Um, I don't do too much cooking, per se, with the double espresso. But and I I'm going to tell you, I use the double espresso in brisket because everybody See? loves that coffee uh, taste in a brisket. And instead of coffee beans, I use the double espresso and I mix it with my chili powders. It sounds and wonderful. It's unbelievable. You leave it. And so you see how creative we both are Absolutely. just with one piece of meat. And, of course, Absolutely. with desserts. Uh, cake mixes, kosher of Passover, people buy this so easy. Instead of the water, I just use the wines. Absolutely. And you give everybody a little bang for the buck. So it's wonderful. They don't even realize that they, they just go, what is this amazing taste that you put in? So, uh, the wines are available everywhere in stores and online. But I will say what I love about this as well is that these wines are very affordable and reasonably priced for people. So you could actually try all of them throughout Passover and really enjoy them. And of course, now because it's the season, every store is giving all kinds of discounts by buying by the case. Where can our audience reach out and uh, find you uh, for recipe ideas and where they can purchase it? The best way to be in touch with us is through the Instagram or Facebook sites at uh, MuradWinesUSA.com because every week I post a new cocktail and recipes. And also there's a spot that you can contact us directly. Also on the the, uh, website, on the Wix site, we have all the stores and restaurants that uh, have our wines, we have maps so that you can uh, put in an address and find a location. So it's very easy to find us in the tri-state area. I want to thank you for really bringing the best of Israel, the most unique of Israel with wines 
and uh, because they are not the grape ones, they are not the rosé, the the Pinot Grigio, and this you know the Pinot Noir. But they are so unique, and they really are delicious. And anybody who ever tastes them in my house, I know they go and buy them. And I I'll tell you firsthand experience. There are times that I go to the store, and you, they're not even on on the shelves. They're sold out. That's what we want to hear. That's wonderful. Thank, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Again, Gershon and Ellen Blanda, Murad Wineries. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That was a great interview with Ellen and Gershon, but I do uh, want to make one correction. It is, their last name is Badner, and it is Murad Wines USA, the link on their website, and the link on social media on Instagram. Thank you. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I'm your host, Cindy Gross. You know I'm Panina. I give you my words of wisdom. And I love the fact that our next guest is another Panina or Zisel Peril, another Sweet Pearl. And her name is Paula Mensch. And she actually is going to explain to you what Mensch means because that's another great uh, Yiddish word to learn that all of us can uh, share in a very positive light. But more than that, I get so many requests on this show about challahs. And, of course, we've shared the recipes. You've met many of the uh, best bakers. But there is something also very important about challah. And right after Passover, we have a very, very special challah, probably one of the most significant challahs during the Jewish calendar, But a part of that challah is how we display it and cover it on our tables for our Sabbath and for our holidays. And Paula has a company called Iron Tove Designs, and she has the highest quality challah covers featured in the Jewish Museum. And you can buy them online. And she's going to tell you why they are so unique, so valued, and why so many people Call her now to order ahead of time to make sure they have a brand new challah cover for right after Passover. So, Paula, Panina, Peril, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here. Uh, we have so much in common, and we're learning more and more each day about it. And one of our loves is the love of challah, and not only the love of baking a challah, sharing the uh, mitzvah, the law we have to for baking it and eating it and watching our guests eat it, but of course, displaying it on our Sabbath tables. And you actually took it a step further. Tell us a little bit about your company. So um, the origins of my company, Ayin Tov Designs, which means actually literally Ayin Tov means a good eye as opposed to the evil eye. Um, it is actually the antithesis of the evil eye. It means, I wish you well. 
I look at you with a good eye. I, I presume good things about you. And it's actually one of my daughters who thought of it when uh, I was trying to come up with a name for the company because she said there was a double entendre. She said, Mom, you have a good eye for design and uh, you also wish people well. I try the best I can every day. And so that is how the name of the company was born. The concept of the company was uh, literally born when I um, agreed, my husband and I agreed to host a Friday night dinner for some young people, a Chabad uh, event, and I wanted to do something special with the table. I opened up the drawer that had my very generic challah covers in it, and they were sitting next to a, a, a piece of Fortuny fabric that was a fabric sample I had for my bedroom drapes, and I looked at both and said, you know, that needs to be the challah cover that is adorning that table with my best china and silverware and flowers and not that. And I looked up at the sky and I said, thank you, God. You gave me my little pearl, for lack of a better word. And I just, I ran with it. I, I created a prototype of a cover at that time, there was a beautiful silver store. Maybe you're familiar with Michael Strauss at um, Park East Synagogue. And I didn't even know him. I cold called him. And I said, I might be onto something I might not. Can I come and show you? And he looked at it and said, okay, there is a design store at the Jewish Museum at the time. It's called Celebrations. And it, it was um, an, a satellite of the museum that only housed specifically curated Judaica artists. And he said, you need to take this now and go over to Celebrations and contact the buyer. Um, because I just showed it to my wife, who's a textile designer, and she absolutely loves them. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, I, I just wanted everybody's Shabbat table to have a cover that expressed their own sensibilities and the decor of their home and the feeling that they wanted to, you know, put forth on their Shabbat tables. And it really is a centerpiece. When you walk over to the Shabbat table, it's, it's the first thing that you see, you know, and um, aside from making Kiddush, you know, then you go straight for the challah. And I, I absolutely love the idea that, you know, you have to cover the challahs to save them the embarrassment of not being, you know, having the first attention at the table, which, you know, the blessing over the wine does. So everything about it just spoke to me. <laughs> and that's how the company was born. It's like the ultimate accessory. And it's one of the easiest ways to change a table uh, for somebody because you can't buy brand new china every week. And even the, the plastic china, it's not, you know, you could, you could buy and change, but one of the easiest things is to change a challah cover and make each table different and meaningful. Tell us a little bit about the fabrics you use because Every time we talk about a different uh, challah cover, because you and I happen to have the same taste, we like this. I always pick out the ones that you say are some of your favorites, even though they're all your favorites, because it's like a child to you. And every child is loved. 
But right. there are a couple of them and everyone has a story. And that's also very unique. This is not an assembly mine, you know, a hundred made a day. Tell everybody some of the fabrics you use, some of the beading. Tell them how long it takes them to bead. And that is why these are so special. Right. So, you know, for the most part, there are two different categories. <clears throat> the ones that have the trims, I, I source the trims in from a place in India um, where he allows me to design them together with him. And each trim that you see is literally painstakingly sewn on by hand by a seamstress. I personally cut the fabrics myself. The embroiderers are not just any old embroiderers. They are the embroiderers that do the embroidery on a lot of the couture um, fashion. And I have a system with them. They have no idea what Hebrew is. And we have a chart and I refer to the specific number that represents the Hebrew letter. Um, and that's, that's how we, we get it done. Um, and the fabrics, I would say, um, many of them I source from all over the world. The ones that do not have the trim started out little by little being accumulated on my travels. So if I went to Switzerland and I walked into a store and I saw some beautifully embroidered fabric, I was I persevered until I made the connection for who made the fabric. And those are my Swiss challah uh, covers. I did the same in Italy and France and Portugal. Um, you know, they're sourced from Paris. They're, they're, they're sourced from all over the world. And every, every place has its own particular type of embroidery that they do. My favorite story is that we went to a very obscure place called Trancoso, which is a small island off of Brazil. Many people have not heard of it. It, it is otherworldly gorgeous. And I went into the village and these women, these island women were painting, hand painting pillowcases, you know, for couches and what have you. And I said, oh my God, how am I going to communicate with these women? I need to make these into challah covers. And I, you know, okay, we cut, 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 cut. This is the square. And you know, you make them, and I brought them home. I have not a single one left, maybe one in my private collection. But uh, yeah, that's how I roll. Where, wherever I go, I'm, I'm constantly on the lookout for something that would look gorgeous on a challah, on a challah and on someone's Shabbat table. So. so two reasons I also uh, thought this was timely was because I'm constantly asked by um my Jewish audience who and my non-Jewish audience who downloads us and streams us from places where they don't have Judaica stores and yet they are invited to a Jewish wedding, uh, you know, a Jewish party where they have to bring a gift and they want a gift that lasts besides food or, or wine. And that I like the fact you are a business that people can shop online from on your website on your social media and that you ship anywhere. And it's something that doesn't break. It's something that's not bulky. So you don't have a lot, you know, heavy uh, shipping costs. And that was another reason I thought you would be perfect as a guest at this time. And also because people are starting to think about spring engagements and spring weddings. 
And this is also a perfect gift for that. So tell us a little bit about that, because that's a question I get asked often about who can they buy gifts from that's Judaica that they can get very easily and in a timely manner. Right. Well, you know, that is my favorite part of the business is, is really the interaction and the stories that I get from people um, relating to why they're actually buying the cover. There are many people who have Jewish friends and uh, somehow, you know, find me and, and purchase for their Jewish friends, uh, these, these covers. Um, one of my favorite stories is, you know, I've done uh, Judaica art fairs that are juried, Beit Am, Mariah, you know, they're juried fairs. And I, I went to one and this woman said, I have to have this cover. My friend is just going to love it. I was like, that's such, so nice. You know, you're buying it for your friend. She goes, no, you don't understand. She's 67 years old. And she finally decided to have a bat mitzvah. And this is my bat mitzvah present to her. So, um, you know, there are countless stories. I, I have, I sent a huge order to Jakarta uh, about six months ago. I didn't even know there was a Jewish community there. Um, but that is the beauty of Instagram because it, it's, there was a design store there, a home furnishing store. The owner found out she was Jewish later in life. That's another story for another time and decided that she wanted to, you know, offer this to the community there. Um, and like I said, you know, and brides are my absolute favorite because I call myself a challah cover savant. You know, uh, you have a bride. Show me her registry and I will get you that perfect follow cover in two minutes or less. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much the nature of, of the business. And, and you, also, anywhere. you also told me, which I love for you to share, you know, people think that just Orthodox Jewish woman, uh, use scholar covers and because of the growth of home entertaining, especially since COVID, People from all religious affiliations all over were calling you for challah covers and have kept the tradition, whether or not they're orthodox or not, because they like that family time together. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it was COVID related. I feel that a lot of it uh, was jump started by COVID because people just started to appreciate the value of sitting down at the end of the week on a Friday night at their tables with their loved ones and and beautifying that table and i would say for the most part uh, definitely the majority of of my clients are are not from the orthodox world interestingly inter- interestingly enough yeah um tell us where they can fi- our audience can find you and that they could ask you questions and buy from you directly so the best place is Instagram. Um, I do not have a website because everything really is bespoke. And if I put a cover on a website because I cut the fabrics by hand and everything is done by hand, it, it's, it's for me a piece of art and you can't really sell art on a website. So Instagram is the best way to look through what I have and then call me, text me, DM me, talk to me. We are going to make sure that that you have the challah cover that speaks to you every Friday night when you look at it. And, you know, the truth is, uh, on the scale of, of, of how expensive a challah cover normally is, 
this is definitely on, you know, on the more expensive side. But if you think about the flowers every week that only last a few days and you amortize the cost of a phallic cover that's on your table and for me, honestly, meant to become a family heirloom. You know, these things really can get passed down with the amount of or given, you know, to a child who gets married. This was on my table. This was, you know, on grandma's table. And now it's yours. And I think there's just something really, really special about that. I also agree with you about that. And I also love the fact, like we said, you can buy, a, you know, a few of them and alternate and make each meal look different and special. And it's easy to store. It's easy to take care of. And like you said, the memories last a lifetime. Of course, we expect that from apparel, apparel, mm-hmm. the uh, great words of wisdom. Paula, tell us a little bit before we close, one last quick thing. Tell us what mensch means for those who don't know and how it fits perfectly <laughs> with Paul, with the pearl. Tell us. So for those of you who don't know, mensch actually is a, is a Yiddish word for a good person. And when people ask me about it, I always say, well, you know, my husband was always a mensch. And then I married him and I needed to aspire every day to be one, to be a better one. Um, and that, that is, yeah, that is the source of the, of the name. And it's a good name. I'm proud of and it. And this is a, this is a great, uh, time to, uh, stop because family and faith and friendships and beautiful decor in your home always make people happy and looking very positive during the spring. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Joining us now is an international entertainer who really uh, exemplifies love of Judaism. He wasn't born Jewish. He's not from what you would consider a Jewish neighborhood as such. And he his career is not one that actually is dominated with a Jewish voice or a Jewish face. Nissim Black has a unique story and he also happens to be a best-selling hip-hop artist and recording star. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So uh, whenever you tour uh, the country or around the world, you, are, uh, you sell out right away. And <laughs> you do. I mean, I know from past experience trying to get tickets. And... <laughs> Your story is truly amazing. You were born Damien Jamal Black, Mm -hmm. and you were not born Jewish, but you've embraced Judaism and your love for Israel 
to an extent that I can't think of too many people have done. Tell us a little bit about your transformation into a religious Jew. Well, you know, everything, uh, you know, begins before it begins. You know, when I was a young kid exposed to a lot of violence and, uh, you know, that the, the inner typical inner city kid exposed to a lot of drug abuse myself, I was already smoking pot by nine years old already. I was selling drugs uh, very early on. I started running with a street gang and, you know, this, I was just becoming a product of my environment. However, I was always still very deep kid. And I, and I, I understood even at that point, at that, that point of my life, you know, you know, 13, 14 years old, um, that, that there was something more to life. And I remember at 14, I converted to Christianity. First introduction to religion came earlier on when I was uh, maybe eight years old. My grandfather was a Sunni Muslim. He taught me how to pray. I prayed with him five times a day, went with him to the mosque and, uh, we built a very, nice relationship that lasted for about a year before he ended up going back to prison. So I guess that sort of freed me up and um, I converted to Christianity, like I mentioned when I was 14. And, and from that time on, I would say going into, you know, my later years into high school, I was a very spiritual kid. Um, very, very involved. My ninth grade year, not so much, but by my 10th grade year, for sure. But I always had this sense of feeling um, to some degree that if I belonged to something bigger than myself, I never felt at place like I was I was at home. I always had this inner search for something that was bigger than me. Why or how, I don't know. So fast forwarding, you know, I'm in the rap world. I get into it with another artist. We had uh, had our differences which led to a physical altercation, uh, which that physical altercation led to a friend of mine uh, going up to try to kill, went on an attempt of murder to kill this other artist. Unfortunately, he ended up in prison. He missed. He did not kill the other person. And uh, it put me in a situation where my life was being challenged, where, you know, maybe possibly I was going to have to take the other person's life or they were going to come and take my life. And um, it was within a split second that all it felt that, you know, just like I blinked my eyes all of a sudden and I had a different set of circumstances in life that, you know, now I'm facing possibly, you know, either my death or or, or, or a murder charge. And um, my natural response was to pray and to, and to cry out to God for whatever reason, when I was 16 or through my ISA for 15, 16, 17 I had to accustom myself to prayer as a, as a Christian more than my peers. I used to lock myself in my room for hours and cry to God. So my natural response when I was in like this crazy, scary situation was to pray. And after some while, the other guy called and when we settled everything, which that was a miracle in itself that we actually called. And after that, I, I said to myself, I can't go back. All of this, I was, I was pretending to be something that I was never really. I was pretending to just be a product product of my environment, but inside I've always wanted something more. So I stayed home. I continued praying. All of a sudden I pick up the Bible and uh, things look different for some reason. There's nobody there to tell me how to interpret these passages. I'm there by myself. So I'm reading them and I can't get over this amazing love that God has for the Jewish people. And it's 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 there and it's very, very strong. And um, I went through, you know, Christianity and, and Islam. I had their books and I was going eight hours a day between all the different texts. I started fasting and crying and praying. And um, and and I and I entered into a very, very spiritual state. And it was almost as if, as if God took me by the hand 
during this time. And I remember praying and I set a Tanakh down on the table and I said before God, I said, I'm going to read this only to know your character. I want to know what you love, what you hate, what you reward or punish, whatever. And so I read the book twice. I went through it twice. Now, one of the, the biggest issues, I would say even today, especially in the Shiva world, let's talk about for real, is that we don't spend a lot of time studying Tanakh. We don't spend a lot of time studying Tanakh. I, I, I have now, still today, you know, I don't know how many years after, 18, 17 years, I don't remember how long ago this was. Um, but, but I'm telling you today even, I have so much fire in my heart for for Am Yisrael and for Eretz Yisrael because I was reading Tanakh where everything happened. And, for our and non-Jewish audience, tell them what Tanakh is and what Tanakh Eretz Tanakh is, is the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, I would say probably in English. So <clears throat> reading it gave me, you know, um, gave me a different, a different, uh, diff- I had a, at this point because I wasn't around anybody. I had a different relationship to the way that I was reading the passages, the scriptures and, and different things. So um, it, it naturally led me to, to a fiery heart. And, and, and I was already with my wife. I thank God I met my wife when I was 16. So we were high school sweethearts. And, um, and by this time we were, we were already married and we just had our first child. And, and then, so we started the journey together in the beginning. She was not on the same page, but uh you know, shortly after, I remember her after her own self-study and and sort of you know challenging the things that I was going through. We sort of went on the we went on this like you know I guess this journey together. Her and her sister were very close, and her sister had started dating my best friend, who was my best friend from kindergarten. So all of us went on this journey together, and we all converted. We had a double wedding, and uh, we all made Aliyah about uh, seven years ago. So I have to tell you a lot, like I said, a lot of our audience is not Jewish and mm-hmm. we had the okay. introduction, but you brought <laughs> up a couple of great points and a couple of issues that I bring up a lot. First mm-hmm. of all, in this rise of anti-Semitism, in this rise of Black Lives Matter and uh, all kinds of stereotypes, not necessarily so uh, positive in regard to fathers, mm-hmm. faith, family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you touched on everything. You spoke about your own childhood experiences mm-hmm. of people in jail, looking for something, and how you embraced family, mm-hmm. friendships, right. religion, uh, and and the cultures mm-hmm. that went around it, and how you found. I would say, in your is a piece the right word to say with this? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> tranquility, arrest, or whatever. I mean, everybody still has ups and downs, but there was a certain place where you come to a place of of, of rest, of rest within yourself, absolutely. And I think that even as great as your music is and your entertainment is, your message is so important today because so many people are so unhappy and confused. Right, right, And it sounds like you could be at the lowest point Right. And you can build yourself up if you have faith in yourself and you look to faith in God. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I heard something the other day, you know, everybody's very busy sending around all these inspirational things. I seen something the other day that, uh, you know, Steve Harvey, who I used to watch growing up, uh, which, you know, I, I'm not so up on what he's doing these days, but whatever. But he said something today. He said that every single person has a 100 percent track record of overcoming their bad days. 
<laughs> and that's true. It's a thousand percent true. It's a thousand percent true. The the amount that we can that we can grow and we can overcome um challenges, even when it feels as if the, it seems like it's impossible. I remember losing my mother to an overdose, you know, when I was uh, I was 19 years old. My mother was 37. And, you know, that means you have to go on a, a good amount of life, you know, should God grant you um, a good amount of your life witnessing other people with their mothers without you not having one. People that are older than you that have a mother. Um, but I remember the the time and I remember that pain of feeling that this is something that's so hard and so unbearable. I don't think I'll ever be able to recover. And I had friends that were there who, who came to visit me the, the same day, and they had just lost their mother maybe a few months before I lost my mother. Um, their mother died of an allergic reaction, I believe. And I asked them, I said, I asked them, when when does the pain go away? When does the pain stop? Like, you know, they said, I don't know if it ever does. They said, they're still not over it yet, you know. And 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 the truth is, as long as things may feel and seem as dark as they possibly can, that that ultimately there's light on the other side of the tunnel. As long, as long as you you you'll keep pushing, if you keep pushing, for sure you'll be able to see brighter days. Well, uh, in 2020, uh, Motherland Bounce previewed <laughs> and it has over five million views on YouTube. <laughs> so apparently, uh, your voice <laughs> is very powerful, yeah. and uh, you influence a lot of people. Who influences you today in the music business? Because I know what I read originally with Common and some of the other mm-hmm. people are probably mm-hmm. not the people you look at today as influencers. No, no, no. I was a big, I, ironically enough, I was a big Ye fan, very big Ye fan, or Kanye. I wasn't a fan of Ye. I was a fan of Kanye. I grew up with Kanye West. Um, but, uh, you know, Jay-Z, these guys were all, all big for me, but, you know, as years went on and I wasn't, I hadn't, hadn't listened to secular music in in many, many years. So, so I didn't really, I was more, I, I mean, I guess I wasn't motivated by anybody in the music space as much as I was motivated by the mission. You know, I realized that I had a, a mission. I have a message and, uh, and I have something that's going to be powerful, um, for the world, quite honestly, but I also think about a lot of the uh, the young kids who come from the inner city who grew up the way that I did. We we all only saw things one way. You understand? If somebody success to us was you know somebody making it to the NBA or the NFL or as as a, as a rapper, musician, or something, and and but we're so much more, and we have so many different other things um, that that are available to us. Nor do we have to feel bad about the the areas where we excel in also. Those are also to be embraced. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is that that to be able to be a person that stands for transformation, transformation of, of the mind, transformation of a life. I, I live a completely different life. My kids have no idea where I come from. I mean, not not because... You know, they they just couldn't even be able to fathom the type of environment that I was grew up in. I grew up in, and they have no connection to it at all. You know, um, just one generation later, they already have a whole different world in front of them. You know, um, because of a life decision that I made. So I think that it's very very important message, and I think I'm more so today motivated by the message than seeing what other people um, are doing or, or looking at it as an example. So music wise, where Obviously, a lot of it's from your religion. Where do you get uh, your inspiration, like for your next songs coming out, your next videos? What's coming in the future? Um, so right now, 
Um, I am working on an album right now. And I think um I I I think I get a lot of inspiration from like music that isn't typically a place where I, I would probably get music. Like I love scores, uh like you know, movie scores and different things like that. So I listen to a lot of instrumental like classic strikes and hits and stuff like that in uh movie scores that like give me inspiration. Um I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big guy of of imagination also too. So I have a very strong imagination. But um I listen to a lot of like uh Zusha. I listen to like a lot of very calm music that's probably the opposite of what I what I make. I don't know why that when I go into the studio and I think bigger than anything I should say the producers that I work with inspire me, you know? That when I hear their music and the tracks that they they come up with um that it you know it really gets my creative juices flowing and that's sort of where i would say everything for me starts with the music and since you know i'm not always the one making the music um um that that you, generally the producers themselves are sort of sort of guide uh, are, the the music itself is guiding me um to what i need to do with it where can our audience find you? And you are touring. Where uh where are some of the places upcoming mm-hmm. that you're going to be? Some of the upcoming places. Uh we're here now in New York. We'll be in Greenwich, Connecticut. We're gonna be in uh don't ask me all the venues because I don't know. <laughs> uh we'll be in LA uh near Hermosa, Hermosa Beach uh this uh upcoming weekend. Um and I think we're going back to Alabama and then we'll come back up to New York for a nice show. Uh, with the Hatsala, I think in in Manhattan, um, and I think we're closing this one out there. I'm gonna go back to Israel, and then I'll be back, um, back east, um, later on in uh, later on in March. But uh, that's so far, and then uh, we're right now in the process of our. I have an HBO show. I should probably should have said that last time. A little bit less music. The HBO show uh, has sort of been taking up a little bit more more energy and uh, and space. So creatively. Uh, going over into the film space right now uh, has been sort of been taking more of the time um, in terms of working, developing a, a dramedy, a drama comedy based on my life story with HBO, and Sally Richardson and uh, Moshe Kasher. So that's been another thing that's been taking up a lot of time. So you'll, you'll be finding me a lot of places. Well, you certainly are an inspiration to so many in so Thank many you. arenas. Uh, Nissan Black, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. And where can our audience reach out to you? Please look for me on Instagram at uh, Nissan Official, uh, at Nissan Official, or Twitter, Nissan Black, and uh, uh, all, the, all of the socials, uh, YouTube, Nissan World. Um, check me out, NissanBlack.com. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.